The following podcast contains strong language and mature themes. Before we start, we just thought that we should mention that this podcast was recorded in 2021, but due to the police investigation into the death still ongoing at the time, we were told to hold publication of it off until after the inquest. With that said, we can now continue with the podcast. Uh, hello out there, future show fans. Hello, world. God, that sounds so lame. This is a podcast show called Death in Podville. And to be fair, we could end up talking to the whole world. Playing the tech is so cool. Look, let's get back to what we're doing and tell the listeners why we're doing it. Okay. I'm Gemma Kingsley. And I'm Marie Colson. And as you've probably figured out by now, this is our first attempt at a podcast. I've always wanted to be a journalist, so I thought I would start my own investigative podcast to show I have a flair for it. As you've heard, I also have Marie with me. Marie has an amazing social media following, and I thought between us, with our skills, we could make a go of this. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be involved. And we've had a very busy first week. (laughs) We certainly have. To begin with, we needed a story to investigate, one to really get our teeth into. And after trawling the internet, we came across an unsolved death right here on our doorstep. We found it in a book called Unsolved Deaths from East Anglia by Robert Jennings, who's a retired police chief inspector, who we believe lives here in the town of Wooten-on-the-Cam. Robert wrote about the discovery of a man's body at a local beauty spot back in 1984. So we have decided to call this series The Body in the Woods. Ooh, cue epic intro music. You don't actually say that, Marie. We just add that when we edit later. Or we press a button. And you join us right at the beginning of everything, even at the start of setting up the makeshift studio that we're in today. So let's explain how we plan to work this. We intend to carry out our investigations during the week and round up on the Friday night. That gives me Saturday to put the podcast together and Sunday to upload it. We're recording this on the 19th of March 2021, which coincidentally is the anniversary of the discovery of the body in the woods. We thought it was fitting and maybe a good sign for our investigations. We want to record everything we do so listeners can hear the whole investigation as it unravels. It's possible it might not pan out. All this does make for challenging editing. (laughs) For you. (laughs) We started last weekend as we got ourselves organised and headed out on our first investigation. Testing. Testing. One, two. One, two. You sound like a stagehand. I'm just making sure it's working. I should read the instructions, but who does? Maybe later. So you're planning to record everything? Everything. It shows context. Even as we're sat here in your spare room floor, plugging in wires for your studio? Everything. (laughs) I draw the line at going to the toilet. 
Okay, okay. If it's podcast related, we'll record it. We might miss something if we don't. But we'll also be honest in our recording. If we're recording, it will be part of the show. We want this to be a true reflection of our investigation, no matter where it takes us. That'll be a lot of audio to go through. Tell me about it. Most podcasts are highly edited and polished. We want to do something different so the listeners can be with us every step of the way. What's the story about then? Well, I was looking through some local unsolved deaths and found one from 1984. It's covered in a book by a retired policeman, and it sounds rather intriguing. How so? It's only covered in one chapter, so there's not much detail, but it comes across as being more than just someone dying in a forest. There's definitely more to this story. I mean, 1984, that's a long time back. Is there going to be anyone around to talk to? Hang on, let me get my phone. Okay, 2021, 1984, that's 37 years ago, so there should still be some people around. That's a good point, I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. I just saw the possibility of a mystery. Where are we going to start? Okay, for the context of this podcast, this is a spare room in my dad's house. Yes, I still live at home, and he's given me permission to convert half of it into a recording area, so we can make this podcast. The room is about four metres square and painted blue. We've piled everything up against one wall by the window to help keep the outside noise down. And in the space left, we have my old desk. Right now, we're setting up two mics with spring-loaded arms and all the cables to some sort of box of tricks as recommended by a couple of podcasting websites. It's cool of your dad to let us use a room. When do we get to test it? We'll do that in a couple of days when we have something to report. What makes you think there's more to the story anyway? The story is about a man called Kenny Goldsmith, a civil servant from London. He was found in the woods not far from here and had appeared to have strangled himself with a ligature which was tied around a tree and around his neck. The book talks about it being a sex thing. Hang on, pass me the book. Here you go. Ah, here. Autoerotic asphyxiation. A way to heighten sexual pleasure on yourself. That sounds seriously messed up. So it went wrong and he died? Well, that's what Robert says. But why would a man who lives in Stevenage and works in London drive out all the way to a small village near Cambridge to strangle himself? Good point. There must have been forests closer to him to use. That is odd, isn't it? Something else we need to clarify for the podcast, and I had to check the internet for this, is that this place is a new town. Back in the 1980s, it was still a small village with a couple hundred inhabitants. It was developed during the 80s and 90s, and thousands of new homes were built. Lots of things have changed here. Where do we start then? Billy White, I think. Billy is the owner of a pub near here. He's been here for decades, and I think he might be able to give us some information to get started. Any excuse to go to the pub? And why not? (laughs) Can you grab a table, Marie? I'll get the drinks. There's some by the windows. Hi, Gemma. Is someone serving you? Not yet. 
Can I have a pint of Martian Crater for me and half a blackcurrant cider for Marie, please, Billy? A what? Oh, <laughs> a fresh orange juice and Coke with ice. Sounds revolting. Coming right up. We need to ask you a couple of questions about long ago stuff, if you have a moment. Give me five minutes. There you go, my dear. 380, please. There you go. Cheers, Billy. Thanks, Gemma. Just so nice to be out and about and not have to worry about social distancing all the time. Yeah, it's been a mad year. I can't believe it's over a year since the first lockdown. I'm so glad it's mostly over. It's going to take a while to vaccinate everyone, though. At least then life can start to return to normal. It'll be lovely to travel again. What have you missed? Cinemas. I've missed cinemas. Our local one has been closed. Oh, shouldn't we be doing a description of this place now we're on a podcast duty? Shit, I completely forgot. This is going to take a bit of getting used to. We'll get there. Go on. Hang on. Let's take a selfie to mark this occasion. It feels weird doing this out in public. <sighs> okay. We have arrived in the Longman's Arms, a pub which has been on this site some 150 to 200 years when this was just a village. Now it's situated on the street front in the market square. It looks old from the outside, but inside it's very new and modern. Light pine laminated floor, cream walls and pine fittings. Most of the decorations are gold and red in colour, although there are some green items going up and signs promoting a St. Patrick's Day themed party this Friday. It's an L-shaped layout, with a TV and sports area down the other side. We're sitting next to a set of patio doors that lead out into the beer garden. As per COVID restrictions, we have a dog-eared printout of a QR code on the table and we've had to use hand sanitizer when we entered. Most people don't seem to be socially distancing anymore now the vaccines have started being administered. Oh, how was that? Brilliant. Not bad for a first attempt. Can I ask? You seem to be quite friendly with the barman. What's the story there? Is there a story? A whole podcast about the life of Gemma? Ha! <laughs> well, at the end of my first year of uni, I took up a summer job here behind the bar. I did two summers and I really enjoyed it. And bloody good she was too. One of my best staff. Doubled our takings in six weeks. Hello, ladies. I think you've embarrassed Gemma. No chance. Sure you don't want your old job back here? I'm good, thanks. What can I do for you? We're trying to solve a suspicious death. Let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Are you recording this interview? Testing. We've already gone through all that. Do you mind if we record our conversation? We started a podcast and you're our first interviewee. Better do a good job then, eh? We explained some of the backstory to Billy before we started. We want to know what the place was like before the new town was built. In the book we're reading, it talks about an area in a forest, which was a beauty spot. Any idea where that could be? Gosh, that's going back a few years. Let's see. The forest area is the one to the west of here. It used to be bigger, but part of it was cut down for the housing development. The beauty spot that was there was cut down. I believe there's a new site, but nothing of the old place remains. That's a shame. I guess a lot's changed. 
It's not the end. We don't need the site. We can still go to the forest and get a feel for the place. And there's the museum. We have a museum? Halfway down Gates Avenue. There's a whole display on the development of the area. Might have some answers for you. Thank you, Billy. You've been a big help. When will this podcast thing be on? Hopefully by the weekend, if we have anything to report. I shall look out for it. Enjoy your drink. Would you look at that? There is a museum. Who knew? And? Shut today, but opens tomorrow at 10. Guess a drive out to the forest is on the cards. over to Europe. He's away for longer periods now. With all the delays at Dover due to Brexit paperwork, he says it's adding days to each trip. He does have a nice car. It's got lots of storage space. Okay, please stop doing that. <laughs> Sorry, Gemma, it's an urge. Is there anything else we can listen to than Dad FM? Leave the radio. <laughs> Have a look on the internet and see if there's anything that Kenny Goldsmith mentioned. Okay. Hmm. Can't find anything in a general search. I'm not surprised. Hang on. That looks like the sign for a picnic site. We'll try in there. Would you like to do the honours? Thanks. The clearing in the trees is teardrop shape, with uh, the tip coming from the road. There are parking bays around the edge. The forest is a mix of larch and spruce with oak and chestnut. It looks like there are several trails leading off in different directions. Now, you might think Marie is a tree wizard, but to spoil the podcast magic, we're standing next to an info board showing a selection of trees. Spoil sport. So, which trail do we take? Uh, if we take the one on the left, it should take us near the area where it happened. Makes sense. Stop. Can you hear that? I can't really hear anything. Exactly. We should be hearing some birds at least. But it's so quiet. It's just the wind in the trees. It's a bit like that forest in Japan, near the bottom of Mount Fuji. It's a suicide forest. People go there to die. Mount Fuji's a spiritual place, so I guess the forest is the nearest they can get to the spiritual source. This place here could be the same. That's a bit of a stretch, but it does feel a bit eerie. I wouldn't want to stay here after dark. Mm. Let's walk through what we know. Okay. 
Kenny Goldsmith comes up from London or Stevenage to this forest. He leaves his car in the car park at the beauty spot where there could be other people around and he walks into the forest. He rigs up some ropes, drops his trousers and gets off as he strangles himself and unfortunately dies in the process. This was probably on Saturday the 17th of March as that was the last time anyone last saw him alive. His body was discovered on Monday the 19th by a dog walker giving his dog a morning exercise. He said he saw the body from the track. That must have been disturbing. Could they be the next point of contact? That could be useful. Well, there was no name in the book for the dog walker. I think we'd need to get hold of police statements to find that. I don't think we're going to get access to those. Not yet, anyway. You're right, though. Right. Look, I... I don't think he died on the Sunday. If he did... Where did he stay on the Saturday night? There's only one hotel. So, he either stayed in the forest all night or he died on the Saturday. Hmm. This case seems all wrong. Nothing makes sense. He could have gone further away from the path so as not to be seen. I think the body was meant to be found. So you agree? We need to dig deeper. I guess we can't do anything more until we go to the museum. So we'll pick this up tomorrow morning. Come on, let's head back. Morning, Marie. Morning. Is it open yet? I'm freezing. It is a bit chilly. We have one of the thick Cambridgeshire fogs this morning. This area is prone to them. Oh, it shouldn't be much longer. Those art sculptures seem really creepy when you can't make out their full forms. I know what you mean. Mm. Yay! We're heading into Wooten on the Cam Museum, which is a three-storey building, large sandstone block construction. We've just entered through an arched doorway and a large oak door, but inside it's smart, clean and modern. It was converted from an older existing building. Might have been a barn in a former life. The kiosk is over on the side of the foyer, but signs point off in various directions to the different exhibits. What are we looking for? Not sure. Hang on, I'll ask at the desk. I'm by the welcome desk. The lady behind has a badge that reads museum curator. Good morning, welcome to Wooten Museum. Good morning. How can I help you today? I understand you have an exhibit showing the start of town construction in the 80s. We certainly do. Would you like me to show you? Yes, please. Ooh, uh, what are you recording? Sorry, is it OK to record audio? We're recording our discussions as we look around. Certainly you can. Follow me. What's the recording for? We're making a podcast about the history of the town. Are you happy to be in it? Sure. As long as it's just this part, will I get to hear it? If you give me an email, I can send you a link just before we publish it. Mm, sounds acceptable. My name is Pamela Williams. What would you like to know? We're after information about the development of the housing. Where did it start? How much forest was cleared? Do you have maps comparing before and after? Certainly. In the middle of the room, we have a diorama display showing the layout of Wooten Village in the 70s. 
Oh, and this is the forest you mentioned to the west of the village. This dotted line shows the area that was cleared for housing and what's left of meadow and forest. That's a huge area of trees, just gone. That's not all. Have you heard of a compulsory purchase? No, I haven't. In this case, the government approached landowners in the designated area and issued a cheque. And they had no choice but to accept it. So all these farms and houses were cleared and bulldozed. This farm here was the outermost farm, which was nearest to the forest. That must have impacted loads of families. Lots. There's a book over on that display with a list of every house knocked down. And they couldn't refuse? Well, they could, but they would be forcibly evicted. And they'd have received a vastly reduced amount of money. Wow. Are you after something more specific? We were hoping for more information on a death that occurred in this area of the woods back in 1984. I think you are mistaken, miss. I don't recall anyone being found in that forest, certainly not in the 80s. Are you sure you have the dates correct? We've probably misread the dates. Um, We'll check them. Probably. Is that everything? Uh, Enough information for your podcast? Yes, thank you. I just hope you're not trying to make up sensationalistic reports about the town. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we... Um... You're going to need to be more certain of your information. Sorry? If you're going to be interviewing people. I see. We'll bear that in mind. Here is my card anyway. It has my email on it. If you use that, it will find me. Oh, be sure to forward the recording to me for vetting. We certainly will. We were spot on with those dates. We were. That looks like the beauty spot. There. Quite a distance from where we were yesterday. And all those farms gone. It says here that the land was purchased during 1985 and 86. That's after Kenny was found dead. Do we know what Kenny did? I think it just said that he was a civil servant. I'm sure she does know. Hmm. When I first looked for the story, the only reference that came up was in Robert's book. I did a check on the local papers and they only seemed to go back to 2000. And you couldn't find anything yesterday when you searched as we were driving over to the forest. It's almost like the town buried its past when they built the new one. You're probably not wrong there. We're back in the studio, still using the audio recorders for the moment. Shall we get the system working? And there we go. We are rocking. We officially have a studio. It was a really useful display and we might go back if we need more information. I think we spent another 15 minutes before calling it a day. So that was it. We wrapped it up and headed home. It's been a very busy first week, but after all that, it feels like we're no further forward than we were a week ago. It does feel like that, but... okay, what do we know? That Kenny Goldsmith was a civil servant working in London. He travelled up on a Saturday, did some weird shit in the forest and died. He was found two days later by a dog walker. And what have we learnt this week? Not a lot. Quite a lot, actually. 
How? There was nothing there to find. Negative confirmation is just as important as positive confirmation. Okay. Knowing something hasn't happened is just as important. We now know the full shape of the forest. We know that in the 80s, there was a beauty spot in that forest. We know we have a local museum, and the display confirmed the landscape prior to the building. Agreed. We also know there was a dog walker who found the body, and we've seen how easy it would be to put a body next to a tree just off of the trail. And we've also seen that the past has been buried and no one wants to talk about what happened here before the new town came into existence. So it would seem. Okay, what do we do next? We go to the one place where we know there is information. We go to the library? Oh yes, good idea. We can do that as well. No, I was thinking of paying Robert Jennings a visit, see if we can get any more information from him. How are we going to get to speak to Robert Jennings? We speak to his publisher. ancestors landed on this planet with technology we have never managed to replicate. We were sent here in giant seed chips with more data than any one person could ever get through in a lifetime. 10,000 people and some animals were left with all this knowledge except the plans for interstellar travel. So they didn't want us going back. Why? I expect this planet had more tricks up its sleeve than they anticipated. We've been dragging ourselves forward until now, Tristan. This invention of Osa's, it surpasses everything they knew. I was told to create the most scientifically advanced weapon the world has ever seen. I did not sell it, and I did not detonate it. When Varian Isran Ren go into battle and kill a multitude, do you feel responsible? That's different. And how is that? Hmm? It is not Devitt's responsibility. So this bomb was not mine. Didn't you hear what I just said? The rebels are coming, Ren. Get ready. We've lost this room. She's been taken captive. I don't have much time. The electron car has disabled her ship. We cannot track her. You mean to ask me if she's already dead? I don't know. We can end their lives at a push of a button, no matter where in the world they are, and they know it. A person should not have to live with that threat. Seconds count here, Varian. I know, but losing you as well would make this a very bad day. 
Have you thought about what they might be doing to her? I'm trying not to. Don't be stupid here and wait. We may have a serious problem. You think that if Ivzer escapes the rebels and chooses to run from us, we won't be able to find her? That is exactly what I'm thinking. Find her in. I will. So you really think countries will choose to hire Dex military in times of need rather than maintain their own military power constantly? And you believe you can keep Dex Island neutral? Yes. How? Because they will fear us. If all goes well, after today, they will all fear us. <laughs>